Shopamaniacs. You're listening to another episode of Shop Talk Shop Podcast, all about friend and web design development. I'm Dave Rupin. With me is Chris Coyer. Hey, yeah, Chris, man. How are you? Good. I think this one comes out, checks notes, November 1st, which is my daughter's fourth birthday. Oh, four years already. That's amazing. Four years old. Four is exciting, um, but also a little terrifying because they're right at the height where their head hits the counter. <laughs> A lot. <laughs> yeah, she's so. very tall. She's always oh, been really? okay, okay. very tall. So I think she's already at that level t- to some degree. And that's well, been interesting to see her. Now, you know, she's just getting smart. That's what I, I enjoy that more and more where they're like their brain is turned on so they can. Yep. They can understand things and call you out on stuff. I enjoy that. Oh, bust you on logic. Yeah. 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 And we're at the t- total honesty level too. Cause so I can't like cruise through McDonald's with her or something and like be like, shh, don't tell mom we did that. Like that's not <laughs> happening. I'll, I'll, I'll even say that and she'll be like, okay, daddy, I won't. And then we'll open the door and be like, daddy took me to McDonald's. I'll be like, God damn it. <laughs> Why? We had <laughs> uh, the other day I was solo parenting. My wife was at mm-hmm. a tennis weekend thing and I was just like, Oh, I'm solo parenting. <laughs> okay. I can do this. I know how. Um, and I'm like, but we're down to one car. Oops. I forgot, <laughs> you know, or like, and so, or she ran off with the car seats and I just was like, okay, kids just hop in the car. We'll go like to the Wally burger right by our house. You know, it's less than a mile. My daughter was like, no, I and do she's not like, have a car seat and that is not okay. Yeah, I do not. And she's like, she's like six. She could, mm-hmm. in theory, survive a trip uh, a quarter mile. Yeah. But, but she just, are was they like, just in boosters no. or does she does just she boosters? Yeah. Point, they're just right? in boosters. Yeah. yeah. So it's like a booster in a, like a giant F-150. Yeah. <laughs> so, but she, but she was not having it. And then, she made the right call. It's fine. We figured it out. Dad made Dad made what we call panda at home, which is like the Trader Joe's uh, whatever uh, spicy chicken or whatever General says chicken. But we uh, well done. had panda at home. We salvaged the meal. But man, it was like uh, she was mm-hmm. not having it. Yeah, Very, I, did it. And, I had to pick her up from school the other day, and we we both just was like, why the 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 seat wasn't in my car, and I just had no choice. Sorry, breaking the law out there. Don't arrest me. We had to, I had to paint it and she wasn't cool about it, but I said like, this is like a, I don't know, I, I lied, double lied in some way. They're like, oh, this is a, we talked about, this is a special thing. Remember? You're going to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're not putting the kid in the front seat. It's not safe. Don't do this. New yeah, parents. We didn't go on the highway. <laughs> but, we drove real slow. It's, it's a yeah, small yeah, town. Yeah. It was fine. But it, there's just this, you know, and it, and it's like, either we just are stranded here or we get home safely. Or, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kids, man, kids are wonderful. They they bring mm. a lot out of you. I, yeah. I I taught my kids how to chant "Dad is the best." Ooh, and it's great. Dad is best. <laughs> Dad is the best. And, <laughs> yeah. and I just like I get your ego like, somewhere. Well, I just like if you want more video game time, you better start shouting "Dad is the best." <laughs> yeah, buy oh, you some want, stuff. That's great. you want desserts. Currency. Yeah. Here's how you do it. Uh-huh. Here's the trick. So, well, I was yeah. weird thinking about this a little bit because my, you know, my partner in crime at CodePen, Alex, my literal co-founder, and his wife Dee, who works on CodePen, has been on this show probably more than once. Um, they just had Dee's been on more than Alex. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't even know if Alex ever has. Hey, there you go. He's been on CodePen Radio clearly because that's yeah. a thing too. But uh, 
Well, congratulations, D and Alex. That's yeah, and they're, and they're and they're they're both out, and they're they're both back end at CodePen. So it's been on, not been on. Like this is like day two as we record. I'm like, <laughs> you know, like nobody push anything. Like let's just yeah, stop. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, like not quite, but uh, one year moratorium on any yeah. kind of <laughs> development. Yeah, no, not at all. In fact, it's the opposite. It's like it's like we need to maintain momentum. Like there's no reason that because somebody's gone from this company that. We, anybody needs to stop like we've done the work we have perspective measures in place and but i'm just feeling very like well well dad you know they're all feeling motherly and fatherly over their children i'm feeling motherly and fatherly over code pen you know i'm like yeah everybody yeah, needs okay. to talk to me all the time about everything i'm your manager now i know i was before too but now i really am you know now i'm your double manager yeah, yeah. <laughs> so i'm filling in for your 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 manager you actually talk to right. and yeah, right. yeah. like so. writing things down and having little extra meetings and all this stuff and it, it was yeah. interesting that then you're like like they're taking leave not you know because they're taking leave right but also because yeah. like they plan like they long talked about it from day one like we are going to be out you know let's plan yeah. accordingly and we did so See, there's that the and then it has executed yeah and That's you were good. mentioning that like it's a common thing maybe in europe or just generally yeah. that that it's good to have people out especially if it's planned for because it highlights stuff in your company right prob potential problems yeah you you like i i always admire like europeans in that regard you know americans are like hey you get like four days of vacation a year but only at christmas <laughs> so and then <laughs> but like i admire like you know I, i've heard like in some european circles um you know where it's like you get three months of vacation or whatever you know two months let's say um and mm -hmm it's like you're encouraged to take it because when you're gone, not only is your brain getting better and resting and that's actually the key to like actually performing at work, mm -hmm. but like your, your organization learns to, it becomes kind of self healing. Like they learn to exist without you, which may sound like a threat, like, mm. Oh, they can live without me, but it's like, you're not integral. You're not a bottleneck on anything. You're not a, uh, uh, unreplaceable machine. So it's like, if you leave, like they're not SOL and stuff like that. So, um, and, and I just, I, I admire that. Cause I, I just think like, I think we should all be somewhat redundant. We should have overlapping skills with people who can then operate in those skills if they need to, for whatever reason, you know? So, and y'all probably have quite a bit of overlap back end, and, you know, for, I guess, like D and Alex did specifically did back end right, so like right, and that's the like, biggest gap anyway. That's what we're short on anyway. Yeah, so but you have that's some overlap, tricky. I'm sure. You know, oh, so yeah. it'll be fine. So you can, Plus, you can always turn it off and turn it back on again. You know, beep beep, hit the power switch. This episode of Shop Talk Show is brought to you in part by Hashnode. Hashnode is a free developer blogging platform. Go over there, sign up. It's free. It's easy. Boom. Now you got a blog, you know, and it's filled with features that are good for developer blogs. That's what it's a community of developer blogs. So syntax highlighting and all those features you needed for a developer blog they have. It's running on Next.js and Vercel, near perfect lighthouse score. So nobody's going to accuse your blog of not being uh, super fast and performant. That's great. But then 
publishing on Hashnode ensures that your content can be discovered by millions of users, meaning that you have the blog, it's your blog. In fact, you can map it to your own domain name, so it's totally yours, but it's plugged into the, the, the full community there. So it's a fun place to just have an account and go explore anyway, because there's loads of developer blogs there. So you're, you know, it's this hive of developer writing. So that's fun. Best of both worlds. You own what you create there without the hassle of having to build everything from scratch. So plugs into your content into the massive global dev community. Markdown support, code syntax highlighting support, GitHub backups, no ads, no paywalls ever. Thanks for the support, Hashnode. So that's fun. It reminds me of that that DevOps kind of um, concept of Chaos Monkey. I'm sure you've seen uh-huh. that too. Yeah, yeah. Like I think Netflix famously like had this Chaos Monkey in their machine mm-hmm. that would just throw errors occasionally. Yeah, yeah. Cert- certain servers would just turn off and stuff. Like, and then they moved it. I think maybe all the way to production, right? Like they're yeah, they're right. they're real super serious about anything can go wrong and in fact we designed a system to force things to go wrong so that your code and your devops work just main it's like nobody nothing ever happened you know it's so redundant and all that because obviously important for a tool like netflix everybody's going to cancel their subscription if every other time you try to watch squid game it's offline you know yeah Um, yeah yeah. the, the then i somehow Remember when there was when when Obama was elected and the, the the tech team for Obama like wasn't working so hard anymore and got to go take their victory lap of speaking at conferences that they uh-huh. kind of subscribed to the same stuff you know like it's so time sensitive an election that it's like not acceptable for like a donation form to be offline and stuff like that. yeah so you need like massive tolerance you know to. Yeah. And maybe that works with people too. You like learn to be tolerant of missing people. Yeah. I mean, I think you need it. I think, you know, otherwise people just have to carry stuff, shoulder stuff, you know. Yeah. Like way too much, you know. So. I uh, Part of this was getting, you know, more monitoring in place for everything. You know, it's not just like check the homepage and tell you if it's up or not. It's like all these different services and there's all kinds of crap that's, that's monitored. And we kind of were doing that anyway, but now my name's on the list where it kind of wasn't before. So I'm really uh, actually not that useful. Like if I get a text at two in the morning that our server's down, like I'm just, I'll just, my job then is to look at it. <laughs> You know, kind of. I don't know what to do. It's not not my tap the box. You just hit the box. Yeah, Yeah. because I, you, we really can these days have. have, There are actual tools, things that I can do now, but that you know, it took time to get those into place. So now I am on all these uptime alerts. We literally are using uptime.com, and I don't even know why. I don't. There's other ones. Mm -hmm. Whatever. Yeah. Kingdom. Um, Definitely. Yeah, Kingdom. Definitely not a. Well, sponsor at the moment, although we're always for sale. Feel free to hit us hey, up. But I had to do, do this morning. I was looking through all my stuff to make sure that no matter what, it screams at me. Like, can I pick a different ringtone? Like when I get Ooh, a text yeah, yeah, yeah. for that one, and, and and then I found the place in the. There's a place where you can designate which contacts like break through the the focus the do not disturb firewall you know yeah yeah okay just doing all that stuff felt like the right thing to do you know oh wow that's you're advanced here yeah this is good Mm -hmm. Uh, i we uh 
yeah, I was having some breakages and I, I recently set up like have a server that runs on a cron and then it falls over every cron job, <laughs> but it only runs like once a month or twice a month. And so it's just mm. like, Oh buddy. Like, so I set up alerting for that. Uh, some views were just like exploding. So I started writing tests. I think I talked about it a few episodes ago. I just went down a big bender on writing tests. I still need to do more, you know, for that. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I might set up Sentry just because, like, we're having other weird issues where it's just like oh, yeah. on Firefox. Uh, Trent and Reagan were having this issue today. Yeah, they're right. not getting images. Images in our S3 bucket are not showing up on the the app, right? Wow. And it's weird, but it works for me in every browser. Yeah. But they're like the two browsers. It works. Console says nothing. We did find a, new, a thing where it was like sending the wrong MIME type. It was like a PNG, but it had .jpg and a JPEG. What? You know, so but it was like one. My browsers were all like, "Yeah, that's fine. I, I know what to do with that on my machine." Okay, even in weird. Firefox, even in Firefox, okay, which that's would be the most weird. Yeah, now it's double weird, right? I fixed the the MIME type thing. I would, or I just I just said make sure this is a JPEG, right? Everyone, like everyone knows, and now yeah. it's sending back. You know, was it like a MIME. bucket policy thing or something? I don't know what's no. going on, okay. and so but we Trent's now isolated it to if he is on his cable internet spectrum, which you know, old time Warner or whatever, mm. uh, it does not work. Reagan on spectrum does not work. Oh, some man in when, the middle. When Trent switches over to whoop, 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 switches over to, uh, when he switches over to AT&T, it works. Like on tethers to his phone, it all works. Yeah. I'm on AT&T. So can so you we, like inspect the packets or some crap or like the look at the request response, compare it, diff it to yours? Diff it to, I don't know. Yeah, they're getting like zero response. Basically, it's just like almost like a rejected Oh, response. And oh so there's nothing to diff. It's just they get no data. Wow. Them back. And so we're just like. Even if they open the URL directly in the browser? Even if they open the URL. Oh, yeah. And then it's kind of intermittent too. It's like starting to kick on. So it might be like a weird DNS thing or like we got flagged or something. I don't know. But we're like, how mm. do you do? The only clue we have is it works on one ISP and not on another. I've never heard of that. I, I, don't, I don't know if this is going to solve it for you, but I almost never trust um, bucket URLs anyway. <laughs> yeah, always run it through, yeah. run it through something else, and that other thing pulls it from the bucket. Like even CloudFront okay. can do yeah. that, or okay. Cloudflare or something. Then you have an abstraction too, anyway. So if you start using those on your website, and you need to move where you host the images, which you should probably move them to R two on Cloudflare anyway, because then the bandwidth is free immediately. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. today, yeah. yesterday, yeah, yeah. Uh, then the URLs won't change. The URLs are just the same forever, which is kind of useful. I've heard cool URLs don't change. Yeah. Um, Although, did no, Jim Nielsen have a good post about that recently? I love old Jim. Jim's a good blogger. He um, really is. He had one about, like, cool URLs don't change, like for your blog posts. But, like, who cares mm-hmm. if your CSS URL changes? That's not subject to the same rules, you know? It's like yeah. content URLs, user-facing stuff matters. All those other URLs, who cares, you know? So the images thing doesn't quite add up to me, but it's more like for developer convenience that you can code it and know that it won't change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Like, I, it, we screwed it up. There was a small area at CodePen where we get we uploaded to S3 and we gave you S3 URLs to use for your assets. Mm-hmm. Whoops! Now we have to support that weird URL forever, even though for everybody else we moved away from it. Like, uh, like just don't get, don't, never give a a user an S3 bucket URL because it just locks you into that bucket forever. You know, like that's yeah, you're stuck on the bucket. No, that's a really good. Yeah, if you're giving out a URL, give it. You gotta abstract it somehow. Man, see, this gets me into things. This gets me onto a discussion. <laughs> There's so many like little best practices like that. Like, like never give a u- user the actual S3 bucket. Always proxy that, right? Yeah, always. But, but like, what tools are there? Like, okay, now you have to like, like. There's a dozen ways you can do Plus that. Plus, S3 is not a, they don't even want you to do that necessarily because it's not really a CDN anyway. So you, mm-hmm. if you throw it through something else, it can be CDNized anyway. That's why I think Cloudflare is kind of a good answer for it. Although, of course, with AWS, it's probably, they want you to cloud front it. Right. But then you right. get the caching too, which you don't, like S3 is not a CDN. It seems like it should be, but it isn't. It has an origin. That's uh, this stuff always. Yeah, there's like this is probably a really good best practice or something, but then it might not. But no, no one's going to help you do it. You have to just read on a blog post. It's a good idea, or hearing a podcast is a good idea. Yeah, or discover. I mean, we didn't read a blog post. We're just like, oh yeah, that was stupid. We just had to like, yeah, and we did it in production on a paid product that still exists today. <laughs> yeah, and you, but in in the yeah the trade off or the consequences, you are now stuck with like supporting the S3 URL for the right. time. They're like that. Bucket, but maybe the trade-off know? in there originally was like, but this is easier. <laughs> like there's less technical debt to just give their raw URL. No, that's an, uh, yeah. Cause I mean, you could even do some like DNS mask or something, you know, but and I think that why I said it was a small period is I think originally we didn't, we had an abstracted URL, but guess what? The abstracted URL was powered by our rails app. We had a rails route for the image mm-hmm. that we get the thing. That's stupid. That's dumb. You do not want your Ruby on Rails app serving an asset. That's a super bad waste of cycles. Because for... now that, yeah, it's blocked on the thread, right? Yeah, like every every asset request goes through the app, like the, yeah, the CPU. No, bad. And full of cookies and JWTs and bleh, do not do that. See? This this stuff. How do you get these <laughs> answers, man? Like, <laughs> you know, know, I'm also like like just rolled out a user system or made a user system invites. You know, password resets. You, like all the stuff that comes in. You got login, logout, uh, all users, edit users, edit one user, view yeah. one user. All, all these screens, right? It's half a dozen screens, half a dozen actions, or whatever, and like. You have to just like code them all by hand and then go, oh, wait, I have to do that. Oh, yeah, we need that, you know? And, and then the minute you're done with it, guess what? You need to support single sign-on. <laughs> uh, and so yeah. that changes the whole flow. Like, I wish there was just some whatever lord of the internet, some master, <laughs> webmaster out there who's just like, start with single sign-on. And then if you need the local authentication strategy, that's what you should do. Or like, whatever that is. This is the best practice. Enjoy. These are the views you need. Here's actually sample HTML for all those views, you know? And and like, you know, like. Here's your components. Here's all the state for all those. You're going to like set up a, a email invite system. Bless your heart. Awesome. 
let's do it. But here's like the token. I felt like, yeah, like here's the whole token redeem token expired system. You know, here's the system like, Oh, click this checkbox and get some like whatever text to log in thing. You know, I like notions. Hey, we emailed you a password. I love that. I, I just think that's that's magic. Magic.link. Not a sponsor, but they're actually really cool. And that's probably the right answer for a lot of apps. I feel like it's probably the right answer. And so um I don't know. I just like have But you know what what makes me think about with you, Dave, is that you've been so focused on prototyping for so mm-hmm. long that this is an extension of that. You're like, what is the easiest thing I can do in the spirit of prototyping? that gets the job done, but does it in like a, you know, an acceptable way. It's, you know. Yeah. Like what's, what, what gets me there? You know, what gets me up and going? I was at a local meetup the other night and he said, oh, I made a little app, you know, you can buy tickets for concerts on it and, and you can pay too, but, Mm -hmm. and then there's a little, a couple of little bonus features, which made it a unique startup, right? Like it had something where it texted you after the concert and you could give the band more money if you really enjoyed yourself or something really weird like that. Cool. Now it's a startup. Sell it. Go on Shark Tank. I don't know. But they, the point of their whole talk was I built this thing super fast. It only takes Stripe. I didn't build any payment UI. It just uses all Stripe pre-built. Here's your sign up form, anything. So payment took one minute to install, mm-hmm. you know, but the longest thing was probably waiting for approval for your freaking Stripe account, you know? And then, and then he's like, but then he made this bold assertion. I think he was a little old school, although maybe that's not fair. He says, all these apps, these little proof of concept things that you need, Rails, Heroku, don't even, don't even write JavaScript, <laughs> period, like none. See, <laughs> and it was so interesting because I'm like, is that still the right answer, though? Like, I kind of agree with the Stripe thing because that's like, yes, please, like, let them do all payment, everything. Sure. Use Twilio. I don't disagree, to be honest. I, I like I, I think if I was doing Rails, I'd like be done by now, you know, or whatever. Oh, <laughs> and really? Rails has like device. I don't know if the, all that authentication stuff. You just gem installed device and you get all that stuff for free. Yeah, we still use and, it off gem you know yeah i mean why not why reinvent the we wheel a little there? bit of extra fanciness on it but very little you know yeah and so it's like gem installed device and then you can like devise eject from device basically and you say like generate all my templates and then you get all the templates for the all that i described like login reset blah 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 all that stuff's already there like and I don't feel like the node world caught up on that or something. Cause we, I guess we all OAuth only like, I don't know. Yeah. You know? I don't know if that's um, a super great idea generally. Like I like offering it, but I think you should have a, um, a local a database of users strategy. that has a way to, yeah. Cause then you're just less reliant on what if the one goes down or whatever. I, I don't know. I have fully fleshed mm-hmm, out thoughts mm-hmm. on that. So I might punt, but I do think it's a good point that there's maybe not, a node thing that wins yet. Cause I'm tempted to say like, it's kind of like next next feels like mm-hmm. the, the rails ish of, of it yeah, yeah, offers yeah. much less, but it feels like UI wise, that's a maybe better choice than rails is, you know, like you get, you can build out your front end better. Cause then you can also, you can like pick a, a, a component library too. Like there's like the bootstraps of react are like better actually than bootstrap mm-hmm. because they're not just visual. They'll handle like fancy crap too, like sorting your tables and 
have state for modals in a in a logical way that Bootstrap can't offer because it's mostly just CSS with a little minor JavaScript API for opening and closing the modal, but not really state. And so it's close. But like, what about all those controllers? Like, what about the data stuff? Next doesn't help you with that. They don't intend to help you no. with that. They help you with right have, running your functions and stuff. But like, who's the next of data? And I'm sure Fauna would say they are or whatever or Prisma and that type of stuff. But like there's not as definitely not as integrated and built in as Rails. Is. There's not one, you know, and I, I've been looking at Superbase, which is cool. Um, but, you and know, the AWS thing and there's stuff, yeah. but is it it's not Rails. Well, level. Superbase has an authentication product like it has a login with Google, like a single sign-on, a fully in like social provider or whatever. Okay, okay, okay. It, But I'm just like. It's so weird to me. It's like, why is my database, why, is, why does my database have a, a cloud login or whatever? But like, it's, you know, it's, it's just like the because product Firebase lines did. are confusing because Firebase did, you know what I mean? And so, but I'm just like, but I, it seems cool. And that's my thing too. And they have these neat little rules where you can like, if you use their thing, you can just click a button and be like, this is a protected route. And they do manage magic links. And yeah, stuff. you need you need permissions and roles. And if they do your auth, then they can help you with roles, too. And so I'm just like, oh, maybe I should have built this all in, in you know, Superbase. I should have built this yeah. all in Supabase. I mean, I think we're actually using the Supabase Postgres image. Like, maybe I should do this. So I'm like, yeah. I think or I, Firebase. I, my, I mean, what's the or Firebase? Uh yeah, my Firebase. I don't know. It's over time. I've like logged in and I felt more and more lost. But that's just mm. me. So yeah, I, I've used it on a couple little toy projects, but I, I just never felt. What worries like, me is that the, the 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 like the database of it is totally unique to itself. It's like your knowledge of how that all works is not. It's not GraphQL. It's not really REST. It's like a special API just for it, and your knowledge yeah. of it lives and dies with Firebase. Or Firestore yeah. is what they want you to Fire use. Firestore. Yeah. And and it's, yeah. I've been bit too. It's like it only lets you store objects. It never let you store arrays of things, you know, or whatever. I think yeah, that's what it was, the limitation. And I was just like, oh, man. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I know how an array works. I would just want to send you an array. And it's like, no, object. So. Yeah, because you have to reference it again in a special way or whatever. All right, well, that's that. Okay, rant over. Two old men shake fist at new internet. But I, but I want to like the new thing because I don't want to. Honestly, I wouldn't do it if I had a if I was alone and was going to spin up a thing. I wouldn't freaking pick Rails. I don't have this depth of experience you do. I would pick something else and just struggle through it probably. Well, and that that would be my thing too. Is like Rails is cool. I, I think you sort of limit who can work on it or, or like you, you inherit quite a few environment problems. I, I would say historically, you know, like as cool as rails is um, you sort of end up with a lot of like, uh Oh, <laughs> like this is now, how do we do this? You know? Mm, so back to Docker um, town. Yeah. Now you're in Docker town and you know, it's 700 gigs on your machine, but you know, it spins up one Ruby server in one database. So, yeah. And it isn't even that satisfying, you know, whereas next you're like NPX new next project, instantly ready to rock hot module reloading, super, super, super fast, you know, yeah. Mm, yeah. compare those DXs. No, nope, like, there's a difference. It. Yeah. Yeah. And then, but to rails credit, 
they were like, we are solving problems you have with an application, like running applications. Right. Authentication, active record, you know, how you store memory in a stuff in a database, how you what a set of models and views and controllers. Like it was very strict, but it was very, even the testing database, like you could be like, okay, I'm going into test mode. Use my testing database. Like, guess what? I, I don't have that in my JavaScript app, you know, like I'd probably mm-hmm. need to, but like, that's a lot of machinery I have to build, you know, this fight will go on forever. We can do this podcast. Let's meet again here in 2032 and, talk about the same 20, crap 2032 and we'll still talk about is rails good so maybe rails yeah. is good there'll be some vr chat app or whatever i mean that's not even thinking big enough 10 years is a long time in tech man hard to predict oh, how yeah. weird that's gonna get This episode of Shop Talk Show is brought to you in part by Notion, and it's just my great pleasure to have Notion as a sponsor because I'm just such a big fan as a user and use it on literally every business I run as well as just personally. Uh, Notion, of course, being that app that's like a document kind of based app. You can use it for note taking, but it's much more powerful as like calendaring and Kanbans and databases and knowledge bases and just all kinds of stuff. It's unbelievable what we can do for it. For startups, Notion can provide really a full-on operating system for running every aspect of your company, keeping everyone aligned as you grow fast and take on more. At CodePen, we use it for project management. We use it for our like weekly check-ins where we're writing down what we're doing and talking with each other about it. We use it for like planning the podcast and scheduling things and dealing with advertisers. And we have public documents. We'll use it to like make a document for a job and make it public and use that URL for hiring reasons. There's just so many things that Notion can do. It's so great, particularly for startups. I've seen so many startups be successful with it. Interested? Want to find out more? Notion is running a special offer just for startups. Get up to $1,000 off Notion's team plan by going to notion.com slash startups to give you a sense that's about a year of Notion for a team of 10. So a pretty good deal. Again, that's notion.com slash startups to receive $1,000 in free credit to use Notion with your team. That's a $1,000 value when you go to notion.com slash startups. Yeah, I saw, uh, let's, should I, I'm going to hit you with one. You can, we can attempt to do this and then I'll turn it into a blog post. Maybe if I, if it's satisfactory, but you know, we've talked about modern image formats enough. I just saw another Addy post on Smashing Magazine about using WebP and using AVIF stuff. He surely covers in that book. Remember we joked about it on a video. You had it on your shelf. It's this bookshelf that's eight inches thick, essentially about how image formats work. But let's say we focus that just to AVIF. Because interesting mm-hmm. format, right? It's almost always the winner when you mm-hmm. move stuff to it. Very pretty impressive. Um, notably slow, although Addy pointed out in the post that there's you know the trajectory of improvement on that is looking good. If you look over okay. the couple of years, it's been around already. It's it's like it's gonna get fast eventually, but it is okay. just notably way way slower than any other conversion. But like, let's talk about like the different ways in which you could use it. Like, let's say you're going to, you wanted to make sure a blog post of yours, Dave, had an AVIF image in it. Would you just 
handcraft it? Like, what would you even reach for at all to make sure you had an AVIF copy of like just a screenshot or some crap in a blog post? This kind of came up because I, I do, I, I put like a 300 kilobyte JPEG like on my site, you know? Um, and I was like, oof, man, what do I, you know, is that like, could that be better? You know, like, like your cool warrior dude is 300 K. No, it was just a blog post. It was like oh. a screenshot of like on my site or something like that. Uh-huh. And I just was like, and I crunched it. I squooshed it. I did every, I resized it. I did everything. It was still just like pretty big, you know? And I just was like, oh man, that would be cooler if it could be smaller. But I think the transparent rounded corners on the thing were we're killing it, you know, I think on the UI there. So, uh, I, I did kind of like go down this mentally, like how would I do a a WebP or an AVIF if I wanted, but then I just was like, this is, I, as a static site, I don't really have a differential serving machine, you know, like I, I can't serve different formats really. So yeah, Netlify doesn't, they have an images thing, but it's, pretty complicated now if i has a very cool images thing it is however you have to use git lfs yeah man um, i set it up once and i was like no which git L- yeah git lfs is a little bit problematic um it just i don't even know what was the issue i started going down that route and then i just well, one of like, it's just yeah, you so you. maybe well what killed me is that like if if you collaborate with anybody they need to go through the dance too with get LFS. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. It's not, yeah, no, you, and, and if they are not guilt LFS, like the whole thing's like, yeah, you don't get it. Like (laughs) you can't commit to it. Yeah, I think so. So anyway, it's not that it's like a terrible feature or anything. It's just not as, it's just, oh, there's gotta be something else to do or something. I I should probably do that. But I think what I ultimately need is like media.daverupert.com. Oh, your own little media server. That's a clever idea. I need a bucket that is fronted by something CloudFront or something that that's where my, or Cloudinary, you know, that's where my images go. And then they serve the image correct image format but that's so. th- then you have to start thinking about workflow do you like visit some ui for that thing and upload stuff with a little cool ui and then browse and then get the markup for it and copy and paste it over or is it more transparent like you just put like a dot jpeg image and like the build process sees it and does magic on it and see yeah i don't know i think it would just be like i put it in the bucket and then my local URL is the, the local or the media URL, you know, or maybe this should be part of your 11D conversion though. Cause I know a lot like very applauded is 11D image, which yeah. I think you just link up one image and during the 11D build process, it like makes the different versions and ch- changes up the HTML for you to have picture and all the sources. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, that should, maybe I could totally do it in 11D image. Um, maybe. I think just in, but that's and that's at build time, right? All the like yeah. zapping images. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I'd want to see how many images I have. I kind of like it the like, CDN for you though, but maybe you could. that's true. Yeah, right. Like, or it does. Wouldn't Netlify spawn it out to a CDN? Uh, right? Yeah, I guess if it's on Netlify, it's just naturally on a CDN. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Um, and it's probably like smart enough to incrementally build or something like that. I don't know. Probably. 
Yeah, that sounds like it. I think you checked all the boxes. We did a video about this not long ago, like the checklist of of stuff that images have. And it's like not just it's op, it's not just formats, it's optimization too. And it's not just then it's also put it on a CDN. And like the list goes on and on of of things mm-hmm. you need to do, resizing all the versions and all that stuff. So there's there's a lot. And it's it's just that's why I mean workflow. It's like, what do you want the workflow to be? How much work do you want to do? every time you do this. And of course, the answer is very little, but then the setup time is a lot. Then you're investing a week in your dumb little media workflow, which is like, it's just a blog. My God, get over it. Yeah, well, and then, or, you know, it's like, am I really going to like, my blog is a, a stats server, a media server, a <laughs> www server, uh, you know, like, the all my subdomains for my little apps, you know, and like in each one of those has subdomains, you know, like where's it overkill? It's hard to say. And so, you know, something automatic would be kind of nice, but I do like my sub one minute deploys uh, on Nellify. So that if I do image stuff, that's probably takes that out of there, you know? So um, maybe, maybe, I don't know. Tough to say. I'm not, I'm not experienced with it, but that, yeah, that would be a bummer if that one thing is what blew out your build time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I need to investigate, but I'd like to get it solved. I mean, like next gen image formats are like a very important thing. So think of all that complication and then that's just one type of usage of it. Like there's another type of like, let's say you have an app where users upload images. Well, that's a whole different can of worms of handling Mm -hmm. it and and what if you have like what if you're just it's more of a one-off but it's a mass conversion let's say you need to make 2000 images avi Mm -hmm. then what the tooling is like i just think all this stuff is fascinating it's you know how we you know have broken up the industry into you know now there's devops people and there's like now there's you know like back of the front end people and there's yeah, all these different specialties, performance people, accessibility focused people. It's like almost at the level of media people. No, if like, yeah, how do you handle assets or whatever, you know, like and yeah, cuz cuz there's it's hard stuff and then there's you think like, oh, we'll save bandwidth. We had this problem at major pizza company. Um, <laughs> you know, you're like, we'll save bandwidth and just compress the crud out of these images. I think they were getting very large images from marketing. And so they had to like set limits like, okay, we'll do it, but it has to be under X hundred KB or something. And so yet another weird kind of workflow. There's a there's humans involved, right? There's humans. It's not just put images on web page. There's also humans involved. And so there was like all this, and then it would smash the image down, like use some really aggressive, you know, or whatever, lossy compression, you know? And it was turning out really bad because of the brand color was red or pizzas are generally kind of red and beige. And guess Mm -hmm. what colors eat shit the most? (laughs) Red, you know, like in compression town, you know? Because it's just, they're, (laughs) so, you know. That's too bad. I didn't even really think of that that much, that colors lose their something vibrancy or whatever happens i'm sure it depends on the color space yeah it's it's like they it sees red and it's just like i can do stuff with that you know and so just like near you know wow what an interesting problem 
quant quantizes, I think is the right term. But anyway, it just, yeah, it was a new, unique problem. And if they weren't using red, they probably would never like, you know, hit it, you know, or it would have probably skated through a bit longer. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. Yeah. We had to punt on AVIF usage for, a, we were just rewriting just as like almost like an onboarding project for an employee. This like, let's rewrite and modernize the kind of um, asset or our, our screenshot process on CodePen, you know, and do some different things, you know, maybe we'll make our own sizing and stuff. So we're using like Sharp, you know, Sharp is like this classic node-based library for image resizing stuff. And there was an interesting one I thought came up is that let's say you need, you know, seven sizes of an image that it's tempting to write something like, here's the base image. Now make one that's 800 pixels wide. Now make one that's 600 pixels wide or whatever that you can somewhat trivially rewrite that code to make the 800 pixel wide one and then make the 600 pixel one from the 800 pixel one and make the 400 one from the 600 one. Hmm. And it feels like maybe that'd be slow. So what does it got to like write one to disk or something before it does? But it turns out it's like 40% faster. Oh, really? So Yeah, it's like very significant savings. And it's that kind of thing. Like, where does that knowledge come from? You just, it's like, it's like, it's like you're, I don't know. I think that's how computer science people think and despite all our years in computers it's like it's been more of like just make it work and move on rather than apply science yeah that's true there's probably actual academic research that fixes the problem and then there's just what oh i worked i got it to work (laughs) like that's a whole other class of whatever science So. I kind of like that aspect to it, but I get how we've had, we've just had that desire many times over the years that CodePen is like, we, we got it going, you know, we're, 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 it's, we're somewhat happy, but like, could a, could a computer science person come in here please and have a look ski? Is there like yeah. computer yeah. science people for rent? <laughs> yeah. Oh, you like, want the double binary sort, you know, yeah. or whatever, you know, you want the double switch. Right. Sort. It's like I could probably install a new light switch in the bathroom, but ultimately I want an electrician to do it. You know? Right. Right. There's somebody who knows how to do it, you know, setting up a stereo or whatever. Yeah. It's just like, you know how to do it. <laughs> so yeah, no, it's, uh, I, there's experts for everything, man. And every problem, you know, it's usually you can get to the step one, you know, like take a screenshot, know how to do that. Did it fired up puppeteer did it step two there's a giant cookie consent on the page how do you <laughs> dismiss that before you take the screenshot okay. oh we uh, we had that exact thing we had, we're using a url that we have to be really protective about because on codepen if it's if we have routes that render crap they can be abused because you can make like an hbc login form or send it to your email list or some crap so in this case, it was like a route that's pretty protected, but has an extra another bonus protection. It's almost like a watermark. We put like a big banner across the top. That's like, if you've arrived at this page and don't have the exact perfect set of credentials, but somehow you're seeing it anyway, there's a big black thing that's like warning. Warning. You know, you're probably do not enter your credentials in there onto this page kind of crap. <laughs> and somehow our screenshot service was able to screenshot it. And they all had the freaking black bar on the top. <laughs> oh, brutal. Yeah. Mm, whoops. 
But that was, I mean, we caught that long before production, but funny little moment. Yeah, well, and that's just it. It's like every problem. And then you're like, okay, cool. Now let's run Puppeteer on Windows. Oh, failure. So there's all the, there's always two steps after that first step that get brutal. So yeah, yeah, that's cool. You know, it turns out it's kind of survey season around here, isn't it? Recently, I saw the oh. CSS survey thing is going around. I saw Gina tweeting about the design system survey thing going around. There was um, Jamstack survey. Yeah, that the results of that one are out. So it's kind of I don't know if it's the season for it or whatever. I'm sure Stack Overflow is coming soon, and State of JavaScript will be around then too. And what is the f- deal? You know, <laughs> um, there it's interesting. I think people like to say immediately, like, oh, this is very self-selecting and biased and bad. And I agree. Like, like, hey, people in my sphere of influence who also like my type of development, please go vote up my favorite framework and your favorite framework over on the... So the newest survey machine, you know? Mm. And so I think you, and you expose a lot of bias and stuff like that. Self-reporting in general is actually pretty prone to uh, uh, like non-empirical data, you know? I don't know. Yeah. Like if you're going to tell me what you use, like maybe looking at my GitHub is a better indication of it than asking yeah. me to f- select the correct radio button. There's like optimism bias sort of stuff too, you know, like, I use I use this because it's good, you know. You like aren't able to think critically about like maybe some of its problems or oh, actually, I'm actually not happy with whatever mm. Svelte or Eleventy or something like that. You're just like I I chose it. It's mine. It's good, you know. So I don't know. There's um, I, I think there's some biases that could show up in in a self-reported test like that. But I will also say I don't know that we don't have anything better. You know what I mean? Like. Nielsen ratings or whatever is that what who does it? They're not calling every uh, uh, a f- robo dial of of developers to ask them their opinions on stuff. You know, there's no there's no TV rating system for frameworks and stuff like that. So we kind of just do the best job we can. And so maybe we should. But what do you have a good sense of like what the final value of it is? Like once it's done, let's say. It was done as best as it could possibly be done with lo- lowest bias could possibly be done. And the visualizations at the end are, you know, perfectly fair and done by a data scientist, you know, why? Yeah. I mean, I, I think people like to know trends. So fun and almost. They just like it. I think people like it. I think there's, I think when you get into gender and geography and pay, those like, those illuminate some pretty interesting uh, discrepancies, <laughs> um, like pay gap sort of things and stuff like that. Or um, I found it interesting, the state of CSS, um, there seemed to be a, a, a female bias towards saying I do CSS and stuff like that. So mm. there's just kind of interesting. And then there's a pay So if you know that and you can point to the data and be like, look, there's a pay gap and I, and I, I'm not making it up. Right. It's right. right. Here. You can, yeah. You don't feel as gaslit because now you have a little bit of data to yeah, sort that's of a good reason. like match your real world experience, you know, and maybe you can use that to leverage a pay increase. Like, Hey, 
I do the same work, but I'm getting paid less, you know? So, but then I, you know, it's hard for me. I, I was telling my wife, this is cool as like this macro study of the macroeconomics of, of, uh, web development is, you know, I can come up with like, maybe there's other reasons or something like that. Maybe CSS people skew older and that's why we get paid less. And, you know, cause we just literally got a job. Thank God in the crash of 2001 and the crash mm. of 2008. And we're like, you know what? I'm just make happy making money. So I'm going to stay here. I'm not going to be like, you need to pay me more. You know, like we came in kind of on the softer side or something. I, you know, I don't know. Wow. Like, I haven't heard that theory before, but I like it. There's, you know, there's some data to suggest. Like if you were like when you grad, if you graduated college in a, in Certain a recession, you're paid less over time. Something to the tune of like 500 K over. Your because weekend. psychologically you're like, well, I still got a job. So that's good. Yeah. Yeah. And so you're not like England for the 80K job. There's geography too. I mean, even you could say US, but different parts of the US pay way differently, even though I think that's really stupid. So I just, I don't know. I don't get, I don't get that. If you're paying for, for work, it should be the cost of work. But, you know, I'm sure people in San Francisco are like, I need to get paid more because houses here are like $200 million. And I understand that, but I also, I don't know. Yeah. There's, it's different worlds. So I don't know. There's so much relativity. I guess it's hard for me to see the absolutism. So. Yeah. I'm not necessarily, I was really just genuinely curious. Like what is, I, I heard some pushback from the like, okay, once like there is going to be bias in this thing. And then even though it's pointed at or acknowledged, the data then still exists. And then let's say it says, you know, it has a bunch of information about what technology people are using and what they care about. And then a company like, Google or even the W3C or people that influence and make the web use the data in their biased anyway to make choices about what they work on and what they're going to do and stuff and what what that's weird right so this, it's almost like a weird net negative on that rather than this being this thing that's supposed to help can hurt and then I mostly look at it and be like oh cool react is popular I don't I didn't need a survey to know that and like I <laughs> yeah there's I, I get value out of it, but I, 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 yeah, I understand the same points. For me, I actually have a hard time answering the quizzes, you know, because they're like, what do you use, man? It's like, on which project? Because I got 16 projects. They all use different stuff. What the, which one are you talking about? You know? Yeah. What do you use? <laughs> do you like it? Well, I hate those people. No. <laughs> like, I get, I might like it if I, it was like, well set up, you know, like if it was working for me, but right now it just feels like rough because it got dumped on me, you know, or whatever. I don't know. Just there's different levels of enjoyment and stuff like that. So I, that's sort of, it's hard for me to answer some of these questionnaires because they're very much like designed for like one person in one desk working one job, you know, on one project. It's it's not for people who whatever have a blog in a podcast in a, you know, like 10 different jobs or whatever, or 10 different clients and stuff like that. It's not really designed for people like that or, you know, um, yeah, people kind of touching their toe into management or senior leadership or something like that, you know, like mm -hmm. there's that too, or, 
Um, you know what book I, I read recently and I really liked was The Manager's Path by Camille Fournier. Oh, you said you just finished it recently, right? Yeah. Uh, I like this. And, and it's, I don't know, I'm looking forward to Sarah Jasner's book too. Um, but the it does a really good job of being like senior tech leadership and management. Here is, it gives you a role, tech lead. Here's what the tech lead must do. Senior uh, or like a team leader, or I guess that would be a tech lead, but like senior engineer, this is what they must do. This is what they're responsible for. This is what they expect. Like this is what's expected of them. A manager, here's what they must do. A manager's job is to get people promoted. Like I just was Ooh, like, bold. I just was like, I I love when people draw lines in the sand, you know, and they're just like, here it is, you know? So I like that. And so, but, but I think like, too, like, you know, could we, could these surveys produce something like that? Like, here's a senior manager, here's how much they should expect to make in whatever geographies. And here's what they, you know, should know how to do or whatever, you know, or their task list. I would love to like stuff like that, but. I don't know. Uh, I, I just like, I really appreciated that. It was just very like, here's what it, here's what it's about. So here's the role. Here's what it needs to do. So I like that. So I want to, how do you, do you find yourself in a, you always worked at such small places and you work with clients. So it's almost like the clients are your managers. I'm interested yeah. in why you're so into management stuff. Well, there was one, well, it came back as, working somewhere, uh, not to be disclosed, but I had a very bad manager. I had mm. a very bad um, manager. I had a very bad scrum master. I had a very bad couple levels of management, you know, and, but I was split on like six different projects or something like that. Cause I just, I was asked to work on them, you know, and I looked at my org chart, you know, and it's like, I have like six or eight different managers telling me what to do and my own company, you know, I'm like kind of my own manager, you know? So it was really hard to like balance inquiries and requests because I don't think they had any visibility into the other stuff I did. Other, you know, the man, each manager didn't know what else I did. You know what I mean? So yeah. they're used to managing one person who sits in one desk and does one uh. job. You know? So that was, that was really hard. And, and it just, it launched me on a path where I just was like, what is good management? Cause this is terrible. And like, what is even, you know, good agile because the agile I'm experiencing is terrible. So I can't imagine anything, you know, I I don't see what's redeemable for about it. So, <laughs> but I've softened my opinion there. So oh, anything else you liked about that book? Uh, you know, I think it's really good. I think I, I love how it just puts the, the onus on managers, like, it's your job to do a good job and help your employees. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought that was good. One other thing it said is, is kind of, there's a dichotomy or like between CTO and VP of engineering, which you'd think like, mm. Oh, they're just whatever engineering nerds. Yeah. I've never thought uh, about that. Yeah. But it, the distinction she made was like a CTO cares about the technology stack. Like, are we, technology leaders using these services, this blah, 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 this structure, blah, blah, blah. And the VP of engineering cares more about the people in engineering. Oh my God. I would have thought it was the exact opposite if I had to guess. Kind of. Yeah. Right. But like 
that person is in charge of making sure everyone has what they need. And then there's even like a probably is like senior engineer or like a, a, a team manager or, or principal engineer or something like that. I forget the actual title. Sorry. I wish I knew uh, you'll have to read the book, but, um, but it was just kind of like your job is to help people like developers be successful, almost like a DX role inside your company. Like mm-hmm. if people are struggling to get up environments, it's your job to do that. And if people are like struggling to, or whatever, they're always fighting fires and they're always running around with their you know heads cut off. That's your job to fix that, to lower that temperature. And you need to provide tooling. You need to figure out what tooling people don't have or need or whatever. Like your job is to produce the, the ease, the burden of the organization. So uh, I thought that was cool too. Cause like, so, so often, you know, it's not, it's not that it's the, the new kid who's just like, whatever, I just made a Docker file. So good luck. You know, like, like the ownership gets messy, you know? And so I thought this put pretty clear lines on who owns the job, these jobs. Yeah. That's an interesting way to think about it. Cause you just, you have certain things that you can watch for and outcomes that, you know, that they're on you. So you need to get productivity out of people. And if that's removing a barrier here, then that's on you to do it. Lower the temperature as you put it, or just solve whatever problems need to be solved. I'm curious if the, it gets into that very fascinated by the like diff, people are super different from one another and they they need to be managed in different ways. And yeah. I don't know if managed is the right word, but like everything in different ways, like how much <laughs> you talk to them, how you talk to them, how much feedback they need, how much direction they need, how like are they more written or are they more visual or are they I, more audio or like in the, having like a profile of each person is that should you be doing that or should you be like trying to morph them into what how your organization operates right yeah i think it sort of addresses that i think to some degree it does uh, probably not to the degree that like somebody like Laura Hogan's book um for her book apart book, which is really good. Um, Cause she, she gets kind of more into the tactical assess the person like, Hey, this person has uh, like responds to this positively. What, what, she was on the show and she says, what made you grump? What makes you grumpy? You know, mm-hmm. like, like if you know that about a person, you can actually make decisions or tailor what messaging or something like that. But there was a good like section of Camille's book that, it was like, um, you know, how you relay news may, you know, you know, if you have some people who, if you have bad news, like whatever, we're cutting a project or a department or, you know, something like that, you know, you may want to strategically figure out how to tell roll news down. You know, there, there's some people are just like, just tell the whole group, you know, but some people are like, let's tell this group first or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and there's maybe some strategic moves you can make to, in how you relay news or whatever. So, um, but yeah, I, I don't think it's, I think I would probably do, um, I would probably look at Laura, Laura's book for like that question specifically, just like, like meeting people's needs or meeting them where they are, you know, kind of. So, yeah. And I wonder if it's like, if, 
if she's found that that's been highly effective for her or if it works in reverse too, like, is it, did it work for you? Because that's how, that's how you operate as a manager. And, and that like, not all managers, it will work for that. Yeah. 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 Like do these books sort of self-select kind of, yeah. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. There's some, it's maybe management itself self-selects, you know, but, um, you have a high tolerance for yeah it might there's a lot of with people it's funny how much talk about this is we don't set out to talk about this it just comes up a lot you know it just <laughs> every person is either managing or being managed unless you oh, wow. exist Maybe on some why. island you yeah, know what i mean right and i'm like i don't know i was in a chat the other day we i know we gotta wrap this up but i was in a chat the other day and you know i just you know some people are at, at management level or they have people under them or whatever and i just was like do you get f- feedback like reviews or is it only your uh, your senior management that reviews you or whatever in the 360 feedback cycle you know and they're like oh we get reviews and i'm just but i'm like how's how's that impact you because i've only <laughs> or in a lot of organizations i've been with the cool managers peace out and you're left with the dumpy managers right and then you're like wait a minute what happens? Why don't the dumpy managers get fired and the cool, why do the cool managers leave and the dumpy ones stay, you know, like, and I'm saying this as like an outside consultant, I should not care, but it does impact my life, you know, like, and and it's like when you're whatever, the person you liked in in the group is just like, I gotta go, (laughs) you know, and you're like, wait a minute, who's my boss now? No. So, yeah. So it impacts people. I I think a lot, I think it deals it 100% relates to turnover. It's like massive. So you really got to, I don't know. It's, it's really important. I think management doing it is really important. I think it's weird that people can become managers without taking a course or a certification <laughs> or something. But because uh, it's because you impact people's lives very immediately, you know, so. I agree, sir. Um, let's wrap it up, I guess. We'll, uh... you know, the drill, like it. Uh, do the Twitter tweets, yeah. 16 patreon.com slash shop talk show YouTube. We do videos now like, and subscribe Chris. That was good. That's the most unique one in a while. Yeah. Shop talk show dot com. Come. <laughs>